0: So, welcome to a very special edition of No Choftez. I'm Stel. I've got Mr. Chris here. His chair is working fine. You didn't see it, but he almost fell off his chair. Almost damn near broke the chair. We'd have had to call the ambulance. It'll be more entertaining seeing someone giving him CPR. I don't know. But anyway, we've got a special guest. We've got a special guest, but before I introduce our special guest, who you can see down at the bottom, Bet on Alpha is our sponsor. Don't forget to go, go on betonalpha.com.cy, the best betting company in Cyprus, by none, hands down. That's all I need to say. But it's all about our special guest. And the gentleman down here, let's just say he played for the Ops, but he's a good friend of ours. Gustavo, welcome to the podcast. Fila Hayden.
1: Thank you. Very, my pleasure. I'm Gustavo Manduca, also. I introduce myself now.
0: Gustavo (laughs) Manduca, there you go. I I thought i would wait for you to say, you know. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us.
1: How is is, is life in Italy? uh, I think there is a lot of young people that perhaps they don't know me, so we have to introduce. (laughs)
0: Let, let, let me let me tell you something. The moment this goes, well, the, the moment we finish, it's going to go all over the website. Some people going to say, "Oh my god, how did they get Manduka? Manduka is, is it never does interviews." <laughs> well, well, you know we're, we're just a little bit different here. We do things very different. But first of all, Gustavo, thank you for for joining us. Really appreciate it. I know, you know, you played for the rival club, and it might upset a lot of Omonia fans, but. As we said on numerous occasions, we had Andrea Orlandi on the pod. We've had Abuel podca- fans on this podcast and we do things very, very different. While the rivalry is there, we still have that respect for supporters and former players who uh, believe the feeling is mutual. So we do things different and uh, we appreciate you coming on the pod. We appreciate your time. Um, so, yeah, how is life in Italy? Because you're in, you're in Torino, right?
1: Yes, i am living in Torino for two and a half years. And uh, it's really good, you know, I have, uh, I feel home. Just a second. I'm sorry.
0: No worries. No worries. <laughs> but, uh, can, uh, for time. My son just
1: come in, man, there's small
0: one. That's okay. That's okay. No problem. No problem at all. Here we go. We've already got some messages here. Gustavo, good player. See? no money <laughs> fan. Gives you that respect. There you go. am sorry, go. my son-
1: come in here. So, no, I was saying that uh, I have like a, a Italian descendants, you know. I, I came from a city in Brazil, from south of Brazil, where they are like 100% Italians. Yeah. Urusang, is that right? Urusang, yeah. And uh, so when I came to Italy, I feel home because we have very similar culture and uh, with our grandparents in Brazil, you know, the food, the way to to talk you know so of course we speak portuguese in brazil the italian is not a so difficult language for us to learn and uh yeah here it's a great country so as you know everybody knows italy have everything also you know good life good food nice weather also have mountains in winter to ski nice beaches in summer time so it's very completely country. so yeah we're very happy here yeah, because
0: you mentioned the place where you grew up in Brazil, and I've seen photographs of the buildings, and they are very, very 18th century design, aren't they? You know, they're built in like the 16th century, but they're very Italian in yeah. the way that they look. I was looking, I was like, is this Brazil? Or Italy? Yeah, sound,
1: sound of Brazil. Yeah, there is a lot. Actually, Germans and uh, Italians. There, there is cities you go, you feel like in Germany. There are cities you go, you feel like in Italy also. So, yeah. Yeah. Brazil is nice. multicultural country. You know.
0: That's right. That's right. I've got, I've got a friend who lives in uh, Florianopolis, my city, okay. where, I city yeah?
1: where I live. It's not my city where I was born, but it's where I live.
0: Very yeah. nice, very nice. Yeah, I used to work with him and then he went to go live back in, in Florianopolis. But he always says to me, come come to visit me. I says, okay, no problem. You tell me where to come and I'll come. <laughs> I like Excellent. So your first professional club was Grêmio. Is that right?
1: Actually, yes. Not professional contract, but a professional team where I was make my, my school. school, let's say football school. So the academies... From Grêmio, I made three years there. I have the pleasure to do with Ronaldinho Gaúcho, with Anderson Poga. sunbury we have at that time very strong, very good team. We we was uh, champ, Brazilian champions under sixteen. But it's not easy, you know. Brazil very big country and a lot of good academies. And um, yeah, I was there for three years.
0: What was it like playing with Dinho? Then what was it like?
1: Uh, he is phenomenal, not, not no words to say. I think we don't need to introduce himself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was, was he always partying as well, even when he was young?
1: Yeah, he liked you know, he liked more than me at that time. But, uh, okay, and he was from Porto Alegre, I was from abroad. <laughs> the beginning, okay, I got some time to you know, to make a uh, friendship with them. But then after, okay, we, and even we play against when when I was in Benfica 2005, I met him in Barcelona in quarter final Champions League at that time. I couldn't play because I was not in the uh, in the list because I arrived mm. in Benfica in January. And uh, but yeah, we remember the time we was together. He was always very kind and very friendly.
0: Mm. I remember we had um, Weissheimer, a former Omonia striker, who I think may have left the club. Gremio before you did oh, oh, oh. if I'm not mistaken um Weissheimer oh, I don't no yeah so um, he, he i think he left Gremio maybe i think before you if i'm not mistaken and uh, he was he was he knew Ronaldinho as well so yeah we, we spoke about him at, at, at great length so you ended up at Helsinki of all clubs in in Finland from Gremio Now, I know how the football world works. And when you see certain nationalities at a club, you're thinking maybe there's an agent involved with the president or there's a few little links here and there. There were a few other Brazilian players at the club at the time, but I seem to remember you had Rihilati there, you had Mikel Forsell and obviously our friend, Shevki. Yeah. So so what, what was it like? I mean, how did that deal come about? You going from Brazil to Helsinki, that's an interesting...
1: Big, it was a big 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 adventure for me. I was 17 years old boy at the moment I left Gremio and I was okay to short the history. I was well, without club. I have one team that was looking for me to make like the juniores in Brazil and come up this opportunity to go you know to make tests there and to make my professional my first professional contract if it happens. And I decided with my family to, to you know, to to do this this challenge, you know, to go there and even don't knowing nothing about the the country, the, how it was a football, you know, because at that time it was different. It was 1998, so today is easier, you know. You have the internet, you make a click, and uh, you you are everywhere. You don't know everything, you know. That time was not like that. Even internet didn't have didn't have that time. No phones, like today. So it was a big, big challenge, you know. But it was important for me. I, I was out of my house from 13 years old when I went to Grêmio. And then, the, you know, I always I was a little bit courageous you know, to, to do these steps. And uh, thanks God, it was good. At the beginning, when I arrived there, I was very scared because, you know, Brazil, I left Brazil with 30 degrees and I arrived there, minus 20. So... It was like, uh, I never, uh, until that time, I, I never saw uh, snow. And I arrived there when they land, <laughs> uh, you know, it was completely white, the account. I said, my good, where I come? And uh, okay, I was just young, you know, 17 years old, full of dreamies in my mind, in targets with my goals. And I say, let's do it, you know, I just go there, play football. They take me, they sign my contracts. I met uh, that team. Of Helsinki, that it was the, the strongest from history. You no, know, it was the only time uh, uh Finnish club they went to Champions League group space, and uh, I participated that time. I didn't play games, but I was in the group, you know, in the bench, many games. I met there, as you said, uh, Rihilaki, uh, Mikael Forsell, he was like my age, one year uh, younger, so we were all, all the time together. Uh, Chef, Key, and many others you know, good guys that uh, it was great, great experience as a football player yes, but above all as a, as a man, as a person you know, I, I, I learned a lot and uh, let's say these difficulties that I passed there not speaking the language or the food completely different the weather, all that make me ready for, for next steps, you know
0: I, I remember messaging Shefty the other week about you and I said have you got any stories about Gustavo? and he goes no not really but I remember when he joined he didn't really speak much English so all he was saying is yes or no yes or no <laughs> so we didn't know whether yes meant yes or no meant no
1: <laughs> and my by luck it, my luck it was that uh, it was another Brazilian guy there another two and they was there for six years they speak uh, Finnish you know and and uh, they helped me a lot to translate. translating to me. I, at that time, today with the phone you can go you translate immediately. You know, I was with the dictionary uh, with me every day. I arrive home, I take up a paper, you know, and I write some words and some uh, needs that I have, and I go supermarket, I go restaurant, I go everywhere with that paper, you know, to speak and to communicate with people. It was really hard, you know. And uh, special also to 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 have relationship with the other players, but because I was very young, you know, all the time they take like the mascot of the team, you know, like the <laughs> the young boys. So they was always very kind to me.
0: Yeah, excellent, brilliant, brilliant. So after Helsinki, you ended up at a few clubs in Portugal, and if if I remember correctly, or if my, my research is correct. You played with a very young Pedro, Pedro Mendes, who I think won the yeah. Champions League with with Mourinho, wasn't that right? With a uh, with Porto, and you also yeah. at Maritimo you played with Silas, who was recently sacked. Yeah. Ael. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was it must have been an interesting journey for you because obviously going from Helsinki to Portugal, Portugal, you know the language, the culture is very similar. I'm assuming, but you you played for a few clubs there as well. Was that easy to make that transition from going from club to club?
1: Yeah, it was (laughs) fantastic. To go from Finland to Portugal, it was very, very easy, you know. And it happens because in our group stage, it was Benfica. I did many interviews because I was young, even not playing too much. And people know me, one strong agent in Portugal invited me to go and I discussed with the team, they let me go. With Helsinki, you know, and he took me to Felgueiras. Felgueiras, it was a second division club, very promising club with uh, a lot of young players, talented young players. And from that team, you, you can say, as you said before, uh, Pedro Mendes, Fernando Meira, uh, Rui Patacas. Um, it was uh, uh, Paulo Sergio, many mm. players that after they make good careers in, the, in Portugal and uh, around the world, you know, players that they play in very high level you know, national team of Portugal. So it was nice there, much much easier for me and I found many young players like me also. And one very experienced and uh, important coach that was Diamantino Miranda, ex-player from Benfica, that have a lot of, uh, you know, it was nice experience to work with him. Also in a different environment of football, you know, because football in Portugal is like you know in Brazil, like England, everywhere they live this, you know, they have this cult, football culture. So it was much much easier, general, for me. A part of the language, the, the the weather, the the food, and all that. But it was much better experience, much easier.
0: <laughs> yep. And then you ended up signing for Benfica. Now, again, if memory serves me correctly, was that was it Kuman or Fernando Santos that was in charge at that time? I
1: work with both, uh, but who right. who who bring me there? It was for, uh, Ronald Kuma.
0: Yeah, my my friend um, was assistant with Kuma at Southampton and then Everton. He's now the head coach of the Celtic Ladies team,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, he he has a lot of good things to say about Kuman. But back then, Kuman was fairly new as a as a coach, wasn't he? He wasn't he wasn't coaching for years before that. It was still a fairly new environment for him. I remember he had yeah. a great career at Barcelona. He scored the goal in the European Cup final in ninety two at Wembley. Um, what was he like coaching? Because I know. Dutch coaches can be a little bit fiery. Is, is that the word that you can use? No, you know, no,
1: no, 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 no. Actually, he was he was very basic. Let's say, you know, he make uh, easy things. The way of his managing the team, you know, Benfica also important club, many top players from all national teams around the world. And, uh, you know, he was, he surprised me because I was expecting to find something different. Wow. And it was not. It was very simple Very simple in his way of training to do. He remembered a lot uh, in the way of he prepared the training. Ivanovic that I work in Apoel. In, uh, uh, almost every trainee every day, you know, every day of the week, he have his plan and his training. He didn't change much. And, and then the way of managing talk with the players to be there, you know, he was football player. He he understand what the players was needing. If somebody was in a bad moment, in a good moment, the way to to guide in the team, you know, was very friendly, very humble. Nothing, you know, not a star. Let's say that we couldn't. If you lock his door, he opened the door to talk normally with everyone. So it was very great experience for me to work with him, of course.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, this is a guy that, as I said, he played for, for Barcelona, he played for, played for Ajax. He was, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, his first two jobs, he was the assistant of the Dutch national team. Then it was Barcelona as an assistant, which, which may have been with Van Gaal, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. after that, it was at Vit, Vitesse and Ajax. And then he went to, to Benfica. So he had a good career as a player and a decent start as coach.
1: Yeah, in, in Benfica, we... I, I, I arrived Befica in Benfica in the middle of the season, and the team was not doing fantastic, it was doing mm. normal in, uh, in the league. It was the second, you know, Benfica always played for the first place. and uh, But he did very well in the in Champions League, you know. He arrives with the team in the quarterfinals, we lost to Bar- Barcelona, that Barcelona from Ronaldinho. Yep. And uh, it was... Yeah, we beat uh, eight final uh, Liverpool. And uh, it was okay. It was not a fantastic season, but he did he a good job. And then they decided to change the code and they bring back uh, Fernando Santos to Portugal after I got it.
0: Yep, that's right. Fernando Santos came in. Um, and then it was a little bit
1: more difficult for me because, you know, I arrived in Benfica January. I played I tell you, in six months I play, if I'm not wrong, 14 games as first eleven, mm-hmm. and I come in in once and only one game I did play for for in the league. I was not in the league for the Champions League, that's why I didn't play. And uh, I did quite good, you know, for for a change from Alitmo to Benfica, big club in the middle of the season, all that not easy to arrive there and play all the games with players, yeah. you know, uh, world class players, you know, Simon Sabrova, Nuno Gomes, Caragounis. Yeah. Uh, Mikoli, Giovanni, a lot of players in front, you know, with a lot of quality, and I managed to play. But our system, he played 4-2-3-1, and uh, Kuma, no, used to play. Simon Sabrosa left side, Mikoli right side, the, and Giovanni they fight for the position in front. Nuno Gomes, I used to, to fight with Caraguns for the for the number ten, you know, and I play all the games. But then, when come Fernando Santos, we go to preseason in Switzerland, in, in Basilea, and Fernando come to me, he said, Manduka, we are bring back Rui Costa after so many years. Now he is out. He's one of our big legends, here in, as you know, in Benfica, after Eusebio, all that. He come here. I know last year you play a lot, but this year you not have a lot of opportunities to play. So, it's up to you. What do you, what you think? I, I tell you something. The president of Ike, I just come from Ike Athens, a great team. They have uh, you know, they, they play Champions League probably this year, and uh, very nice uh, city history, fans, all that. They asked me for you uh, because they are looking for somebody too long, and uh, they asked me about you. Uh, of course, I speak very good. If you prefer to go there to play this year here, will not play for sure too much. So it's up to you what you to think. And he said to me they can pay you more than what they are paying here. You know, economically also, you you make better deal. If it's okay for you, I let you go. And I, say, oh, I didn't think too, too much. I say Yes, I want to go. So I, I learned about, uh, you know, I, I search about uh, a little bit, I and how it was. And I decided to move. Yeah.
0: So you go to Athens. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you spent, was it a year alone? And then you made your move permanent in 2007. When you made yes. when you uh, one
1: year long, another three years, they bought me from Bifika.
0: Yeah, and when when the move was made permanent in two thousand and seven, wasn't that when Rivaldo joined?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So you in Helsinki in nineteen ninety eight when Rivaldo had a really good World Cup, (laughs) and then you go to Ajax, having played against a guy who had the really good World Cup in two thousand and two. Yeah. So as you, as a Brazilian, as a countryman, you played with phenomenal players before that, but. Rivaldo is... Yeah,
1: Rivaldo is different of course you know yeah actually we, we, are, we are very friend you know we make good friendship uh that year until two days you know we go he's home come we we are in contact uh and as a player nothing to say you know for sure the best mm-hmm. player who I play with, you know, completely different. We could see when you play with these level players, they are they have, they are higher, you know, everything. So, especially inside the, the field, you know, the way they approach the game and the trainees and he, he was very professional you know? even with the age he was 34, 35, I'm not sure yeah. and he, he was always one of the first when we make physical trainees, you know, and he was one always you know an example as a professional for everyone so so it was big no honor of course to work with him but i tell you something still i i, I was always very big dreamer you know from beginning you know i, I was like dreaming uh, every day you know with this with playing this level high level these games mm-hmm. i was champion league i was I remember I, I went when I was in Portugal second division, Chaves after Felgueiras. and I went to see one game, uh, Champions League game, Real Madrid, Porto, with with our friends, another three friends, players, colleagues, you know, with me, and I was doing say I play here one day, I score a goal here, I want to, and they was loving me, you know, I said ah you're crazy, you play here second division, Portugal, how can you do, no? And I was always, my target was very high always, even very far from me at that time. But uh, in the end, it, uh, it happened, so I'm very proud about that. Well, look, if,
0: if, all you need to do is just look at your journey in terms of the clubs that you played for and then the players that you've played with. I mean, not just, you think about the players that you played against as well. Now, there are so many players around the world who would love to be in the position that, that you were in, you know? Yeah. OK, you, you may not have scored a goal in a World Cup final, but i tell you what, what you've done in your career, it's incredible. Yeah. You just I, I was doing my research, I'm thinking, where do I start with the question? I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I've got friends who are Olympiados fans, Gate 7 International, asking me, you know, what was it like when Rivaldo joined AEC from Olympiados? I mean, that was a big move, but here's me thinking... This player played for Barcelona and AC Milan. Pressure is nothing for the guy.
1: Yeah, 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 yes. Uh, yes, football, the things happened uh, in different ways, you know, different for everyone. In my case, I have to say I'm very grateful you know, for the career I have and for what I achieved. And uh, coming from a small city from Brazil, 25,000 people, you know, and uh, going out of my home 13 years old and finish as finish you know in the end i'm very grateful and for sure have the honor to play with in these competitions with these players is you know players that you uh, used to see before and say wow these guys they was amazing you know and after a few months or years we are there sharing the dressing room with these guys so it's very nice
0: so how would you describe your time at Ayek? because if I'm not mistaken wasn't it the, the, the cup final you guys lost to Olimpia Goza 3-3 when when Matt Derbyshire our friend scored two goals in that game sorry to bring it up but what was that like in terms of you know losing in a, a final against a, a huge rival who Olimpia Yeah
1: man it was, it was very hard <laughs> <coughs> You know actually I was I played the first 11 in this game and it was by the coach, he put me out minute 70, six, five, seven, I'm not sure, second half, and then the, the, the game, you know, we score, man, we score, I think, in the last minute, the 3-2, something like that, and the people come in, you know, they, they, the fans, they they, you know, they come into the field, they, it was quite, saying, say, come on, it's done now, it's finished, and then, you know, one minute after, they fight for the goal. So no, I can, this is not true, man. And then I think it goes, to, it goes to to extra time and they score first. And then after we score again. And they score, we score. And it was like crazy game. It goes to the penalty and never finish. Everybody score, everybody score, everybody score. Then somebody lost. Yeah. And you say, no, now, now finish. And the other go and lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then another score, score, score. One lost. Another going lost. I think it was 1918,
0: something like that. Yeah, no, something, like, yeah, yeah it was it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was
1: crazy. It was amazing, man. I said, it was a moment I was in the bench. I said, come on. If you lose, we
0: lose. If we win, we win. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I want to go to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> said, no, so no, never the game, <laughs>
0: And then well, you, had, you had a good time, though. You had a good time in, in Athens, yeah.
1: Yeah, great time, and we have that experience also 2007 that we got the championship in the field. Mm. And uh, suddenly something happened that they give points to, to Olympiacos for a game they lost against Calamaria. I think Calamaria, if you don't forget the name of the team, a team from Thessaloniki. One game they lost. And uh one nil, and they used one player for five minutes in the end and this player was not uh his, he was something wrong with uh the documents. I don't know what it, it happened and instead to to take out the points from calamaria ah, they give the three points to Olympiacos, <laughs> and uh we will we finish the league one point in front in the end they they pass us two points and got the so they won the league so took that was. <laughs> I think that was my the biggest disappointment I have in my career, you know, me and for sure many other players. We was very, very upset with the situation. And uh, it was a big fight there uh, in the dressing room between us and even with the the president and the directors because we feel like you know we was feeling very bad because in at that time in, in I don't know it's not sure it's like that is like that even today in Greece, but the champions they finish, they are champion, and from second to to 60 place they played the playoffs. From from yeah. from being champions, we have to go next week to play the playoffs, you know. Yeah. Nobody wants to play. It was very, very, very difficult situation at that time. We live there. And very big disappointment we have
0: yeah. We, obviously that happens in Cyprus as well. and you got your move to to Abor in two thousand and ten, and that was the uh, the Jovanovic era, the very famous Jovanovic era, which we don't really like to discuss. But in in all fairness, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this because we're we're old enough and we <coughs> yeah, sure. <you> know. <laughs> so, Chris, do you wanna do you wanna start asking some questions first, or shall I just? Get my ones in and then you can go. It's up to you, mate. Up to you.
2: Well, right. you've been speaking for about 30 minutes. If you want to go on a little bit more, I'll let, I'll let you go. go.
0: Okay, well, I'll tell you <laughs> the, the first thing I want to... In fact, okay, let, let me ask this one first and then we can we can get on to your ones. Okay, sorry. Well, actually, before we do that, Dogari Mesa, of, uh, World Podcast, yeah, they, they say hello, Gustavo, and they're waiting for Gustavo Jr. to play for them. So maybe your boy <laughs> one day will will play for boy You never know. But... um. Yes, yeah, so, so 2010, you joined the club and if I'm not mistaken, you know, that was when you scored 10, 10 goals in your first season. You joined when Tyskowski was there, Aeton, Solari, a lot of Portuguese, Brazilian players there who, again, very similar to Helsinki. Was that easy for you to make that adaptation from Aeton to, to Aboel?
1: Yes, before I answer your question, let me tell you a secret that maybe nobody knows. nobody knows. And uh you'll be the first one because you are Romania fan. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know that I was near to be no more also before really? I- yeah.
2: Oh for <laughs> fuck's sake.
1: Excuse my language, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. What a player yeah. we could have signed. It was three teams from Cyprus, Omonia, Nortus, and uh and Apoel. Uh Nortus go easier out because of the financial issues. And Omonia it- it was there, but lemonis was not so, for what I hear. Adetum, he was not so convinced, and in the end, uh, I probably make a big effort, biggest effort, you know, with Ivanovic, with Kriakidis that uh, you know called me and convinced me to go. But it, it was there also the possibility. <laughs> so, wow. so you're
0: saying it was Le- it was it was that made that decision not to not <laughs> to bring you in. This
1: is what it was. What uh, comes through my age at that time and uh, like that but uh, okay mm. it, it was just you know it was these two possibilities in the end also by myself for the effort that Apoel did and the way they approached it was more convincing to me to go to Apoel at that time but the Omona day was not so hot like uh, you know I was expecting to, to do and to happen. Gustavo, so, how, how old were you when you joined Apoel?
2: 30 years old. OK, so I don't think it would have been an age issue. Maybe... OK, fi- well, fine. It's because
0: it's because Lemonese was at Olympiago's and he was getting a plane from Ike He didn't want an Iic player. That's what it was.
1: Oh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he was really Lemonese. You know, this I'm I open to you and I don't have to say that it was the Lemonese. I think he didn't happen you know they didn't um, in the end apuela uh, was more hot and uh, big biggest biggest effort uh, you no know, to me to come and i decided to come to apuela but it was a point that we were speaking about this possibility also for Ramona. so so how
0: how would, would the negotiation would have gone with Apuel anyway would they have contacted your agent you'd have come to Cyprus and then had the conversation Yes,
1: it, was, it was before end of the season. Uh, my agent was. Uh, I have at that time also uh, offers from teams from Turkey that give me much more money. I have offer from Munich. uh eighteen uh, sixty. I don't know. The, I always forget the team. Eighteen
0: sixty, München, Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. And uh, also it was PAOK, Thessaloniki. Ike make me the offer to the new, but there wasn't very. Difficult situation, economical situation. They reduced me a lot my, my contract, uh, and to go to Palka at that time, you know, from I would be, you know, nice. I was not looking, f- you know, for that. And then there was Fener, you know. My agent was uh, was stuck with teams with the people, you know. To hear once that I was in end of contract. And uh, before end of the season, uh, in one day off, I take the flight. Uh, we went together to, to to Cyprus and we signed the contract. And you come back. I come back to finish the season. And it looked like that.
0: Okay. Chris, do you want to... Oh, go on. You... I've done 32 minutes.
1: It's all
2: right. Well, uh <laughs> first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Um, obviously, you won four league titles with Abo, correct? Yeah, I think so. First season you were there, you won the league title. How was your your first season at Aboel? So obviously it's a new country, um, new team, new coach, different players. How did you adapt into that team and how did you find it for your first year?
1: I'll tell you, I tell you very true and what I feel from my, the bottom of my heart, what I want to say to you at this moment. I feel... From the first moment, from the first minute I stepped there inside Apoel, I feel home from the beginning. From the people that uh, the way they received me there, and uh, also from the fans, from the city. Because I came from Greece, I think it was easier. Because culture, language, food, you know, in, in Cyprus is a small Greece. I feel like in part of Greece. The way that we we live, the culture, the way, the food, the, you know. The language so it makes me feel very comfortable there. I was a little bit concerning. My wife was very concerned to go there because you know at that time didn't know people didn't know too much about Cyprus football. also. It was once uh, an artist in Champions League and then one year before 2010 it was it was Apoel, but it was not sure about you know. And I come from big level there. I was in Benfica before. I was in Nike. Mm-hmm. That it was big level. So we make good things. And it was another op- good offers that I have also in good teams. And mm-hmm. uh, we was like, wow, but we go there now. Like it, it was feeling that maybe the people could thinking that going to Cyprus, going to a it was like, okay, he a was down, a
2: downgrade, like yeah, a downgrade in a way. It. And
1: not only okay. that, 30 years old, he was he going there to take some more money and to have a good life. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was never my, my, my feeling. This, this, never this, really is the,
2: this is the. Still, do you say the concept like once certain players get it aged, they the thing that they say they're just going to Cyprus for for holiday or to just be a tourist or just well that
0: that's that's what we hear from supporters. But you know, we've spoken to many players who came to Cyprus in their thirties. Even Matt Derbyshire was on the other week. He said, "Look, Cyprus is a very difficult league. They yeah. think you're going to Cyprus to to retire and make it's not easy." He said, "It's I not easy." That's
1: why I think that's why many of them they. they Succeed because yep. they, they, you know, they, they go there with the wrong uh, mentality, and the wrong thinking about the league and the, the championship, and uh, the general. Actually, surprised me a lot. But my focus and my way when I go there, what happened? I went there to achieve something else, to continue to make something else in my career. This was my target, you know, not just go there for a while to play few more years and you know, it's a small country, you don't have a lot of trips, Uh, it's near, it's more calm. the life, it's good for the kids, all that. No, I I went there very focused to, you know, to to give, not to receive, to give more than what I receive. It was always my way of approaching the situation. So I really feel from the first moment that I come and also I met a fantastic group, fantastic group, you know, not only the Brazilians, the Portuguese the Cypriots, the Greeks, everyone. You know, we have like uh, one target. We our dressing room was special that year, and this is, it was our biggest secret of success of that thing, I think, you know, our group because we was very connected to each other. We fight for the single training. We used to fight. I can say to you, no one likes to lose, even a small game in the trains. We fight all the time. We Conti's, with Chirotes, with Satchas, with Moraes, with mm. yeah, Ailton. We played that small games and we, it, it was like a war, you know. But after we go to the rest room and it was like very familiar, you know. We have very good relationship between us. So it was, I feel very, very comfortable in home. I feel home from the first moment I go there.
0: Gustavo, the, the competitiveness you just mentioned, does that come... Not only from the players but also from Jovanovic, was that something that he wanted you guys to be physical to be your warriors?
1: Yeah, Ivan, he was, he was a man, he is, you know, he's a a man of few words, you know, just the way he looked to you, you understand already if he likes or doesn't like, you know, he doesn't, he, he, you know, and he, he have one characteristic. That uh, is amazing. He's very fair. He's very fair, and uh, he tried to be very f- f- fair with everyone. So this is he. He get the respect from the players from like that, you know. And uh, he because also he was older, but the way he approached his leadership, uh, we feel him like a father, and we look for him like a father all the time, you know. As a coach, we respect, of course, different. Everyone have a different relationship, you know, they want to play more and they want to play and we are all different in the way of this. But I can say that I believe the majority, they, they, they look in like that, you know, like a, like a father.
2: Okay, Chris. Um, Gustavo, obviously there was a period of time that, I mean, Omonia wasn't doing too well. And obviously, and I'm going to say this as an Omonia fan, Aboel was dominating Cypriot football, okay? And I'm a man, I'm a person that goes a lot from mentality, the mindset, the motivation. When I was seeing Aboel, it looked like, and you said it yourself, the the unit, the team, the fighting. The feeling that I got is as a team, as players, is like you knew before the match started that no one could beat you. Like you had so much confidence in yourself, not only you, but as a team that you would go in there and you knew that the end result, you would win. And most of the times that happened.
1: What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it was, I think it was football. There is uh, many details that together make one team very strong, you know, that team, that years, the first two, three years, you know, that we was there. It was a very good team, first of all. Actually, quality-wise, every position, we have very good players. Second, the coach was very good coach, uh, leadership, the committee, the, the, the president, the directors. We were very connected, very close to us. They respected us very much. They was uh, all the time what they promised they, they, they used to do. You know, and we feel, we feel, we felt our responsibility to give back to the club what they give for us. The respect and the, the way they they approach us as professional, you mm-hmm. know, obligate let's say us to to be one million percent professional also not to mm-hmm. give back this to the team. So these all together make that up well so strong, you know. And of course, mm-hmm. after you go to Champions League and you make in two thousand twelve that year. Mm -hmm. amazing, that bring to the the team 22, 23, 25 million euros to a league like Cyprus, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, every year after you start to bring players and players with more options make you much stronger, it's complicated for the others, you know, after. Mm -hmm. But in the way I was there, in the way, uh, on the time, the time I was there, I can say to you, yes, when you go to play against Almonia, we were going to win 1 million percent. And, uh,
2: this, this was exactly what I was going to say. And again, it hurts me to say it, but in a way, I, I knew that when we would play against you, that you were going to win. Because in a way, I felt like they didn't have the belief that they, they knew that they're going against that they will figure out a way, not only because your team was good, but...
1: Actually, Omonia Omonia always has uh, extra power for the fans, you know. Mm -hmm. So always when we play Omonia up well, uh, in their home, it was always very complicated because the fans, they push, they push, they push, and the the players also, even if the team was not so good as our team, Mm -hmm. you know, make with this passion, this motivation that comes from the fans, the atmosphere in the stadium, make all the time the games much more difficult, of course. But at the end, you know, the quality and, uh, you know... It showed. It showed showed in the end result. We have a lot of experienced players also at that time. Mm -hmm. And people say that uh, they invest today, football is a business and it's normal to invest in young players, you know. But uh, that team that went to part final to champions league i think we was in that champion league was the second oldest team in the in the champions mm-hmm. league history i think we lost for 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 mila when they was also i don't know he's something like that the yeah, average we
0: lost, age i think yeah yeah i
1: think we have uh in field two three players under 28 years old that mm-hmm. time yeah
2: okay is that an
0: yeah, well, it was an interesting time for you guys. And obviously, a lot of us believe that perhaps, perhaps, you guys had a few favourable decisions go your way throughout the course of that successful period, Gustavo. And th- there's one moment which I know a lot of Armonia fans are going to ask me afterwards. Why didn't you ask him? Why? And I'm going to just ask you because I feel comfortable and I think you feel comfortable answering these questions because I'm not going to a- ask it in a very uncomfortable way. But that ball, <laughs> that ball crossing the line moment do you want to discuss that? Is it, Or shall we just put that to one side for now?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? That the ball that crossed the line and we scored the goal? Yeah. 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 I know There's people are going to
0: want to know the answer to it. So
1: Still, I'm in the field. I'm in the field. We cannot realise what happened. Is so fast, the moment, yep. that we we cannot just stop and say, oh, the ball is out, come on, or the ball is in, or, or no, It's a moment, you know, yeah. it, Today with uh, with the VAR, it becomes much more easier, you know, to to correct these situations. But I tell you something, even with the image, even with the image, it's not easy to see that the ball is out there. I tell you why. I tell you why. Because if you take you if you put one ball one line, okay, you put the line, and you put one ball here, if I put like that, you say that if you see from from the top, you see that's in the line. But if, depending on the angle you see, if you take a picture, you really look like the ball, it, it, it's out. Depends yeah, the angle yeah. you take the picture and you see the image also. So, I don't know, I'm not sure if that ball, it was 100% uh, or full ball out of the yeah. line. You know? They took one picture, it's true, that, and they say, ah, I believe in God, how are you say, <laughs> I think my <laughs> job, I, I, what can I say to you, you know? And after they take that picture and they say, but... I just Listen, for my team and, uh, at the end I, of the day,
2: at the end of the day, you were doing your job, you got yeah. the ball over, you scored the goal even if you went home and even if you saw the highlight and even if the ball, I'm just saying for you, even if you were to admit and you say, okay, maybe the ball did pass an on at the end of the day, you did your job as a professional. What can you player. say? We can say sorry
1: for that, but, yeah. uh, no, okay. yeah. but,
0: but see, this is this is the thing, right? When when you're a football fan, it's very easy to get angry about something yeah. like that, especially when it's a rival player. Mm-hmm. When when that happens, but it goes back to what you said, Gustavo, earlier about in the training sessions how everyone was fighting each other. For, you know, when you cross that white line to go on the pitch, it's a different story. You you, it's like a switch. You go from from a, a gentleman
1: that, to an animal. That team, that team, from Omonia, I have many good friends that play against us, like Leandro until today. Yeah, and there yeah. are too many that used to come to our house, to our home, we used to, to eat together, you know, in their house, our homes, you know, all together. Once you go to the field, you know, it's your job, and uh, it's your, you know, and you you just do your best for your team, and that's it, you know. But one thing I can tell you from you. I'm I'm very honored. I feel very proud. I say I feel very proud because all this time I was in Cyprus, I, I feel very respected for, for Omona fans, for Anorthos fans, for IL fans, and I always try to respect them mass the most as I can. With my interviews, the way I speak. You know for example I remember Mar- Marcin once he makes the goal against uh, Omon and he makes like that I kick him after in the in the dressing room I kick him <laughs> really <laughs> I told him you are like you are, you are behave like a kid you have to respect these people so you know there if he was what what you want to show with like that you know with this with this kind of uh, behavior you win nothing on this, you know, because they are there supporting yeah. their teams they love, you know, and the players, like our fans are doing the same for us, so at least we need to respect this. And always I try to respect the mass mass I can, uh, especially Omona for the rivalry that we have, you know, the both teams have. Yep. And really, I never have problem with no one in the, in the street from Omona. Opposite, always feel very, uh, that they respect me and this was the most important for me, even to be a, be- a good player and make, History in the, the country you know, as a football player. So
0: mm-hmm. that's good to hear. Well, look, I've got a couple more questions, um, and they're, they're nothing too strenuous, like the last one. <laughs> so um, I, I want to talk about that European adventure with you guys because I, I remember the penalty shootout against Leon, and living in the UK, there's a lot of Cypriots out here, and you know even on Otossi fans were saying, oh, it's great for Cyprus. Me, I weren't happy about it, obviously, because of the club, but I've got a different mentality. You know, I'm not one of these, do it for the island. No, it's Omonia or no one else. And that's just me. But it, it was great for Cyprus. It was a great achievement for the club. Obviously, we're still reminded about it. But going into these games, you know, against your Leons, against your Portos, against Ajax, all these other teams that you played even before and after the adventure, you guys went in with like, the, the underdog mentality. It was like, did you sh- you didn't obviously show any fear, so you went for it because you thought probably we got because nothing we to lose wasn't, here. It wasn't. No,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> come on, we have our pride, man. <laughs> well, but this go- is
0: what I'm saying. It's like nothing to go, nothing to yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah. So you just good, go for man. it. We right.
1: it well, as we say, come on, we go to play against Barcelona in Camp Nou. If you lose three, four, five, what's the difference? You know, you'll be one more that we beat like that. You know, we go there. We go to make our history and to, to play for our pride, also for our, you know, to show that we are. Uh, that's why I said that uh, that team was very special. On that, we have a group of players that were very, you know, egoists in, in their feelings and uh, the targets and the coach also, Ivan. You know, we remember when uh, we, we when we we lost the, in the quali- in that qualification, Champions League 2012 against Villa Cracovia. Uh, we went to play the first game away there, Krakowia, and we lost one-nil. We did normal game, nothing special. We lost just one 0 you know, it was clear, open the 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 game, you know, for for second round. So, Ivan, uh, he come to the dressing room. He he us like a dogs, you know he shout as, as a dogs he said you are you don't have ego you are, you are shit you are this you are that you don't you don't have balls he <laughs> <laughs> was very disappointed with that because it was not that that what happened you know and we was just expecting the next game to come to show to him that we have balls you know and the first thing yeah. we did when you come to when he came to hug us we, we say to him take here now you take and <laughs> you, you <laughs> have it you're heavy <laughs> our boss
2: brilliant
0: absolutely brilliant fantastic he?
2: well he did what he was supposed to do he got a reaction out of you
1: yeah yes he knew it that uh, we was like that we was pride pra- pra- team you know bright pra- guys you know yeah. with, uh, yeah. and this yeah. is a secret in this sport, also you know when you approach the game like that you have more possibilities to win you know when you you got the game with the with the feelings that uh, Maybe like this, like that, we are already loser. you know? Mm-hmm. no chance.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Brilliant. Well, there's, there's, two. I
1: had, I had some just one.
0: <laughs> Go on.
1: it was one player that came to us in the middle of that season. That was Solza. I don't know if you remember the midfielder. He was in Olympiakos. Elder. Yeah,
0: Sol- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And he played for Olympiakos in in the Olympiakos uh, Nicosia. You know, it's more. Yep. And he came to watch all our games in, in Champions League, the first in the group stage, you know, in the our stadium. And then suddenly, January they they bring him you know, to play with us. And in the our first game after that was the eighth final against Lyon Leon there, in Lyon. And uh, he was a really good player, man. That guy, he... he he could play, he could make much better career, you know. He was, he came to our group and he increased our, our quality. He was our level, you know, in quality and very good guy, very... But we go to play against Lyon and in the tunnel, you know, Eva was just behind him, you know, was just behind. And I was coming back from me I was there also behind, you know, and he was looking for the players, you know, for, you know, that guys, for these other Lopes, Lohis, all that guy. He was looking like from the shoes to the head, you know, like that to the guys. He want me to "What are you looking?"
2: me, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! That is Go brilliant! That
0: is- <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, after, this- the game, this-
1: after the game, you, you can ask the shirt, but now we're going to play to win
0: this game. Right? Amazing. <laughs> absolutely brilliant brilliant Well, gustavo i've got two more questions and uh, you know again thank you for your time we've got we've done 52 minutes so you know i know you're a busy guy you've got so much on your plate at the moment so i don't want to take up too much more of it but two more questions these are from the uh, kuvenda nyunite podcast and ammonia po- uh, sorry an upwell podcast i'm saying Armonia, <laughs> an up an upwell podcast and um they say the first question is when when up what would you like upwar fans to think when they say the name manduka what would you like them to think when they say the name manduka when they hear the name manduka
1: It's what i feel i think respect you know respect yeah. I just this you know for for all what we did there not only manduka you know but all the players that uh, did what we did there you know because as i said before I don't put my name uh, a part of the others players that was in this group. You know, Morais, Almeida, Conti, Chiotis, uh, Marcinho, Boaventura. You know, all these players that was there with us that time, and we did something. I I think we bring the level of uh, Cyprus football to to different level. I this I, I this that team that team brings. The name of Cyprus and Apoel well for the Europe and for the world, you know. So wherever you go, people remember that, and Apoel well become what become, you know, for what we achieved there as a, as a team, as a play, the players, the coach, and also that uh, that uh, board of directors, people, you know, that was involved. So what uh, we just uh, need, you know, and we feel this. I cannot say uh, from the always ways where I go, always I go Cyprus. Okay? with my social media everywhere, I feel the respect that they respect me. So this for me is enough, you know, just to respect.
0: Brilliant. And the second question was, um, in the year, well, the season 2011-2012, there were some problems with the team. Um, You were seen as the leader of the Portuguese-Brazilian contingent. Um, Can you describe that season as a whole and did your leadership skills set you up to be i believe you're are you're you a pastor now is that correct
1: no i used to be i used to be not used to be like, so... I, used to be like I, I like i love god and i i used yeah. to with my examples and my life i try to help people you know everywhere you go we always have meeting with people to speak about uh god yeah. things also and to try to encourage and you know give uh, extra motivation also and spiritual life for people so like that but continue, yes. The, your your
0: yeah. So so, would, would you say that your your religious beliefs and everything that you you know you're, you're immersing yourself with with God and religion did that help you become some sort of leader within the the team when they're going through a difficult point that season?
1: Yes, of course. That season and some others that came. And uh, <clears throat> yes, I, f- I felt that people follow me. You know, whatever I say, and always I have an uh, event doesn't mean one captain, because it was captains, people, players more time than me in the, in the team. And one of the rules to become to be the captains, you know, the, the three or the five that used to have the, the oldest ones. But always I have a voice, a leadership voice, you know, leader voice in the, in the dressing room. And I felt all the time the respect from them. And because I always, we try to be very fair, very correct, you know, with our things. With the young ones that came, we just tried to give the example and to do, you know, the the, the things in the correct way. And for the older ones, it was, you know, I always, I was a family man, you know, family guy. I have my quiet life. I tried to make the things properly, you know, to live most correct possible. So they felt also, it was a point that uh, when there was the youngest and they was in the dressing room, laughing, speaking about some parties, and girls, and like that, I come into the, when I come into the restroom, they stop to speak. <laughs> and many, I felt it many times that That's they, expect. yeah, That's they stop to, you know, I feel that the climate, it was like, I know, and I realized that they are doing something not good here. Speak some <laughs> they speak <laughs> so much. Even if speaking bad about the coach, you know about the coach or about something that has happened the moment when you lose, you speak about about another player, you know, that happens a lot, you know. It's normally when yeah, you lose, you try to blame others. Or when something goes wrong, you, you try always to, to blame others. I never accepted that, you know. I always, when I see something like that, I say, look to yourself first. What you did, you, you did fantastic? No, I didn't make fantastic goals. So we lost all together, we all make mistakes. So stop to speak and work, you know, and make your job. We it, do, I that, like,
0: think, yeah. that thing you mentioned about, you know, the players talking and then you walk in the room and go in silent, it, it kind of reminds you of when you're in the kitchen cooking and the kids are in the room being loud and then it goes quiet and you're thinking they're doing something they shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah we have different,
1: different age, so different experience also
0: absolutely well gustavo look thank you so much for for joining us you know it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and hopefully we can have you back on again and next time i'm gonna ask killian killian to come on because he says to me gustavo says a lot of clever things so killian was right again you know <laughs> killian's a good friend of ours as well so um thank you again for for joining us and uh, we appreciate you being brave enough to be in on a money a podcast but we do. I hope that, <laughs> i hope that our questions were okay can
1: if you know, okay. I, I, I don't have problem to say what I feel and what I believe, you know. And course, uh, and I appreciate also, of course, I have this the history I have with Apoel, and uh, I think nothing will you know destroy this this history. But uh, it, it's it's very true also that I respect too too much this team, this Omonia. You know, I'm happy in parts when they come back from the, that bad moment, because football is this, you know, I think it, it, it's, not, it's more nice like that, you know, when mm-hmm. big teams, big fans, they are in good moments, the big games, you know, this makes the, the league, the, the, the football more, you know, appreciated, you know, so I appreciate that when the, the good teams are in the top also, and uh, when I'm get the league after so many years, they did a very good job, they invest good, with good coach, they, they work properly for a few years and they after they, they achieve you know what they deserve also. So when somebody makes the things correct, we also appreciate when they win, so at least me is my way of thinking. So
0: There you go, See, that's, a, that's a perfect way to end the show. That's a perfect way to end the show. See, Gustavo does the the outro for us. We don't need to do anything else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the final edition of No (laughs) Choppers, guys. Sorry? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It Thank thank you. you Thank you (laughs) for joining Gustavo.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, guys. Love it. Thank you, Gustavo. Take care.
0: Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. Another episode of No Chofters in the Bag. Don't forget to like, subscribe, tell your nunna, Visit betonalpha.com.cy. Follow Monia Football Town. Hey, look at this one. You did a very good thing by having Gustavo in the podcast. It makes the fans think more clear and not fanatic. Could, well, this, more. This, Could this
1: agree This is more.
0: the thing. Like I understand that football is tribal. Okay. And in Cyprus, perhaps it's more tribal than most places in Europe. So whenever we have upwell related fans or players, we're going to be prepared for the barrage of abuse we're going to get. We're, we're not true ammonia fans. We're not this, we're not that. But the thing is I'm going to repeat what I said to Chris and Roy and, and other people in the background, but, you know, and while I'm doing this live, I'm just going to do it right. We believe that by doing this show, we add an extra dimension to, to media and podcasts in Cyprus. I've got no problem with people who want to have their own podcast for their own club. It's fine. That is your prerogative. It's your choice. You want to do that. But we do things different. We've had Killian Sheridan on who played for Abuel Mind. We had Andreo Landi on that played for Abuel and Anorthosis. We've had people from various clubs around the world. So we do things different. Now, this isn't me saying we're doing things to shock and awe and to surprise people and ya clicks. Because we don't put the monetization on our videos anymore now that we've got our sponsor. So for people saying, yeah, that clicks, whatever. The fact <laughs> is, we're doing things different. And again, cast your mind back to the podcast, Chris, that we did uh, after the Abolon Cup game. The, sorry, the, the Super Cup. I, mm-hmm. thim- I said when I did that pre-record and I said, yep. expect things to change on this mm-hmm. pod. And if you think the fact of the club can come in your face, imagine what we can do with our guests. Yeah. We're going to bring on guests. That's going to surprise people. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope this has been a good surprise because Gustavo is a gentleman and he was honest. He was fair. And and I think we were fair as well with our questions.
2: So there you go. Anyway, do you want to wrap it up, Chris? Well, guys, it was a, um, an out of the blue podcast um, guest also. As Stel said, yep, he played for our rival team. But at the end of the day, he was a professional. He was doing his job. And as you saw by this interview, he was a gentleman. He was very upfront. He was very honest. And I think that's one of the reasons why even we as rival fans never had anything bad to say about that player because we knew who he was as a player. All right. That's all I got to say. For another one time, we thank you for the support. Thank you for watching. Until the next show, which is coming in a few days. A couple mistaken. more days. Man
0: United preview, then Man United review. It's all coming like a like a wrecking ball, like Miley Cyrus, minus the cocaine, because she that's wrong.
2: <laughs> let's just send it. kamu. Fuck Andro B, let's go.